What's up, you guys? Kurt Stubbs here, uh, as promised, uh, with head coach Brooke Cups of the Centerville Elks, also with the Midwest Basketball Club. Coach, uh, I know it's been a busy last few days. Uh, glad to see you made it back safely from uh, the South. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a it was a fun time down there. Got to play some good teams, and um, you know, happy to be back home though. Yeah, so I mean, it was a obviously a pretty successful trip down there. Um, six games up, six wins, uh, playing with Midwest Basketball Club on the Adidas. Uh, what is that? Three SSB. Yeah, we. I mean, we played some great teams. The the three SSB circuit's a really good one. And I think there's only thirty teams in the country. Um, so we played some great competition, um, you know, won some close games, um, but it was, uh, it was fun. Um, we got a good group of kids that share the ball, play hard, are unselfish. So, yeah. And you know, you guys played six games down there and if, if these scores were accurate, you won all six games by eight points or less. That sounds about right. I mean, it's. We talked about it. It's so hard to extend leads down there because, I mean, if you if you let up at all, if you just have a couple bad possessions, it, I mean, it's an 8-0 run in a hurry against those teams. And, um, you know, we were, we were fortunate enough to grind a couple out. We played well. I thought we played really well a couple of times. And then the others, I just thought we played okay. But we've got good, tough, smart kids that, you know, know how to win those close games and um, get stops and make the plays when we need them made. You were probably feeling right at home with with games like that, uh, going back to your to your Graham days. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's not bad. It's <laughs> that makes it fun. Yeah, so you guys you guys are playing um, the seventeen U circuit, but your son uh, Gabe and, and Reed Shepard are both uh, would be twenty twenty threes playing up on that team. Two of the more noteworthy guys on the team and. Um, you guys had uh, quite the following. I know Friday night the whole UK staff was there for uh, for Reed. Yeah, you know, with Reed, Reed, both of his parents kind of being Kentucky in terms of their playing days there. Um, you know, his kind of the the buzz around uh, Reed's recruitment in Kentucky has been, you know, definitely charged. Um, Louisville offered him pretty early in June. And so, you know, all the all the UK faithful were wondering when it was going to happen, um, <laughs> when it was going to happen for the for the Blues. So they were I think I think their staff was just waiting to see him. I think it was more of just a confirmation more than it was anything. I mean, he's a heck of a player. Um, so I was excited for Reed to, to get that offer and to kind of, you know, move it to his plate where now he can kind of weigh everything out and see what's best for him. Yeah, Coach uh, Cups is referring to to Jeff Shepard, who played, uh, I believe, from about ninety three to ninety eight at UK. His mom was Stacy Reed, uh, who played at UK as well. Jeff Shepard was probably one of the best one foot jumpers I've ever seen. Um, he was a great one foot jumper, uh, even though he played for UK because I was a big Arkansas fan growing up, and UK just didn't sit right with me. But Jeff Jeff was a great player. Uh, but now for your other guys, like, you know, including your son who has, um, you know, Ohio State, Indiana, UD, Xavier, um, that, that had to be a big deal to, to get to showcase what they can do. I mean, obviously Gabe's been, been playing in front of uh, big time crowds and, and playing an elite competition for a long time, but that had to be pretty exciting as well. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, when you when you want to compete at a high level, that that competition is exciting to you rather than scary. You're just you look forward to kind of testing yourself, seeing where you are and then going back and working and um, and trying to get better. So uh, it's feedback more than it's anything else. I think when you when you approach that competition the right way and uh, I know that's the way Gabe was looking at it and was looking forward to it. And I think that's how all of our guys approached. I was really happy with uh, with the way our guys kind of went in and just went about their business and just they stayed true to what we talk about. Didn't get sucked into like the, you know, the AAU drama and some of that stuff. Our guys kept sharing the ball and kept playing um, the way we try to 
we try to have him play. So I thought it, I thought it was really good. What was um, what was the the main reason behind the the switch to to Midwest Basketball Club? I mean the way the way everything went down is um, I guess it was, was I guess it was last year. Yeah, last year the COVID year. Reed and Gabe played on, um, they played for Indy Heat's 15U team. Mm-hmm. And that, that season kind of ended, um, ended like early. And so we had some time after that. Uh, I think we had the whole month of July. And so Jeff and I just kind of, we just put a group together um, to just kind of go play. Um, it had a couple of these guys that are on the team, the Midwest team, but we called ourselves the Leftovers. We had just plain blue jerseys, um, <laughs> looked like a bunch of scrubs, and we we just went to several tournaments throughout um, throughout July, and we we really never lost. Like we just because we moved the ball, we had guys that were pretty good, uh, but nobody really knew we were real good, and so we we ran through some tournaments and had some fun, and then as that finished up. Um, you know, we had a we had a little bit of an opportunity with Adidas. I, I really just called Adidas because they had just offered to sponsor our high school team and make us make Centerville like an elite Adidas team. And we had we had kind of worked through that. And I was really just calling for advice and what I could do because Jeff and I had talked about you know maybe keeping. I knew, we knew Reed and Gabe wanted to play together. I um, mean, they're really close, um, and so just trying to figure out what the best situation for them would be because, I mean, as you know, finding the right AAU stuff is hard. Like it's hard to find situations where, you know, they're in a good position to play and they're getting coached and they're being held accountable and they got teammates that, you know, that care about the right stuff. And so we were just looking for trying, trying to create that opportunity for them. And uh, and that's kind of what led us to Midwest who had Midwest had a, uh, they had a gold and silver level to their program, but didn't have the three SSB. So uh, went back and forth with a couple of different things, but ended up being able to just add a three SSB um, program, 15, 16, and 17 to that Midwest. Uh, so, you know, Greg Darbyshire and uh, um, Tim Sutherland and, you know, some of the people down Andrew Martin have been great to help us get all that stuff organized. And uh, so it's been, it's been great. It's gone well, and we've enjoyed the opportunity. And you know, and so I think it's allowed Southwest Ohio's got some really good basketball, and, uh, and there's not really there was no real shoe circuit down here. I mean, in you know Central Ohio, you've got you've got all Ohio Red, obviously, and you got the Pumas. You got some really strong um, youth and some travel organizations. But in Southwest Ohio, it's just it's kind of spread out. And we didn't have really one at that that level, so I think it's been great for the area too. Yeah, one thing you you mentioned, um, kind of some advice, uh, and, and guys are gonna make, you know, decisions sometimes based off of, um, you know, notoriety or you know they they know this program and you know they're chasing the status. What advice would you give to um, not only the kids but the parents of maybe s- some kids that have aspirations of playing at the next level when they're select trying to select the right travel team and not just um, chasing, you know, maybe a, a shoe sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's a big question. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think first of all, I think people worry about playing a you too early. I think you need to develop up your skills. I always say, AAU and travel ball needs to be a supplement to your workout schedule, not your workout schedule. You'll get kids that get into AAU season and they just go and they just do AAU and all their work, all their skill stuff just kind of fades or becomes secondary. I mean, like we still, that game still works out if we have a game that day for AAU. Like he still finds time to, you know, go get shots, do some ball handling, do something for skill development, because I think that's such an important piece of it. And it can't replace uh, the AAU can't replace that. I think the other part that's important is you need to think about playing. Like, I mean, you need to put yourself in a position where you're playing because, and if you're not playing at the level that you're on, then 
you need to figure out like playing is the only way like that's how you learn that's how you improve you got to be able to make mistakes you got to be able to get better if you're on a team with 15 kids a bad situation i mean they're not the, i just i think eight nine kids seven i i think like the kids need to play um it's a game that you learn from making mistakes and doing it over and over and as you continue to do that you get better and better so I think I think those are the biggest things you got to give up. Stop looking at the level uh, and think about putting your kid in an opportunity where he's going to be able to play. Um, and I, you know, you always want to push that level of of uh, of competition. You don't want them to just be the best player. You know, you don't want to be the smartest man in the room. Well, same thing. You don't want to be the best guy in the gym either. Um, so you want to kind of keep find trying to find that and push that line. Um, and then the other thing is, I think. I think you need to make sure they're being coached, like held accountable, not allowed to get away with doing stuff that's, you know, bad body language. That stuff drives me nuts. And, you know, one watching watching one on one for three months of the year, four guys watching one guy play one on one makes me want to throw up. So <laughs> I try to get out of those situations as much as I can and try to teach them to play the game the right way. And, you know, as far as college goes, you just got to trust the process and you know that's not the goal i think <clears throat> i think i hear everybody say this is getting into my values and stuff now a little bit but i hear everybody say like it's all about the scholarship it's all about getting college paid for i do not think that's the case I, that is not that has never been my approach to it if that happens that's great the the whole point of it is to improve the person like that's why you're doing you're challenging yourself you're pushing your limits yourself as a person. Like that's what you're doing. Sometimes that'll result in a college scholarship. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I don't think a I don't think a Division One player and a Division Three player um, benefited any more or less from the experience of competing in basketball. If you ask them thirty years down the road, like that benefit is going to be pretty similar. Yeah, I love that. Um... You see that a lot now. It, it, and when you're talking about chasing the scholarship, it, it, it takes the mentality from us to, to, to I and me. Um, and you're, you're so solely focused on yourself that you forget the main reason behind what you're doing. So I, I really appreciate you saying that. Now, you know, you're talking about your, your core values. And, and the last time we talked, um, you, you know, we're still trying to figure it out. You were trying to figure out molar. You were trying to figure out, you know, how to overcome that last hurdle. Gabe, I don't even think had played a high school game yet. Um, so just to kind of rewind that 2018, 2019 season, you guys, uh, 22 and six, you lose in a regional final to molar. Um, and then 2020, you know, which was the crazy year, you guys did get to finish the season. You were one of the, one of the, um, you know, teams that, that got to finish the season there. And the, I believe the regional semis, you lost to Moeller in the COVID year. Um, I think that's when the season ended. Um, so, you know, you guys were 11 and 11 in the regular season that year at Centerville, but, you know, a lot of young pieces. Um, and then you make a good run there in the tournament. What did you guys learn, you know, with Tom and Rich and Gabe being so young playing um, such stiff competition? What did you guys learn from that season that kind of catapulted you into to, uh, this past this past winter? Um, well, I think I think we learned that we had some guys that were willing to go for it, even as freshmen and sophomores, like we had some guys that weren't scared of the moment and were willing to go after it, um, which I think played a big part in our, our season last year, uh, regardless of who they're playing, regardless of the stage, they, they weren't scared of it. Um, and then I, I, the other thing I think we realized is like, we're really not that far away from where we want to be. Like, we just got, we got to keep up and we got to stay true to the process. We got to just, stay loyal and faithful to the uh to the work that we've done and the way we do things and um you know trust that that's going to make us as good as we can be whether that gets us a state championship we didn't know um but you know i think 
I think we knew we were on the right track in terms of just doing things the way we do them, that it was it was good basketball. We were growing good people and we were trying to help kids move forward in life. Um, and so you know, I think more than anything, I thought that year you know, that's happened to us several times where we've been 500 during the season and we we get some stuff figured out uh, as the season goes on. Like I, I'm not chasing wins as a coach. Like that's not, I have no idea how many, every year I have to look it up when I join the coaches association. I have no idea how many wins I have. I have no problem losing games. I'm sometimes I'm pretty good at it, but if it, <laughs> if it like, that's what needs to happen. Like I, I'm just, I'm willing to make those sacrifices throughout the season in order to get to a point where we're better at the end of the season. And, um, you know, that's the goal is our baseball team, Jason White, they have a great saying that I love. They just say best game last. Like that's what their focus is. Just play your best game last. And that's kind of how we approach approach it. We want to be our best at the end of the season. And I think the way we play lends itself to that, you know, motion and our switching stuff and that stuff. You get better and better as you do it as the year goes on. But I think the other part of that is like, you know, we stir the pot during the year. Like we don't ignore the guy that sits on the bench and doesn't clap for his teammates. Like we're addressing that now it might send us into a tailspin for a little bit. It might do, we're sitting the guy that, you know, is walking out of the huddle as he, you know, instead of being engaged, like that stuff is getting addressed. And so we have no problem rocking the boat as the season goes on, knowing that in the end, that's going to make us as good as we can be. Um, and, how good that is, we don't know, but it's going to make us as good as we can be. Yeah, you know, when you look at last season, um, just, you know, you've talked about your, uh, you call it your four pillars pillars of your program, or? Um, we just call it core, our four core, core values. Okay. Tough, passionate, and thankful. So, yeah. so how did those come into play? Because, um, you know, I, I say this all the time, like, core values and things like that, um, you know, you can put them on the wall, but they're just words on the wall if they're not being, you know, put into action. How did those core values come into play with such a unique, uh, you know, you got you still had a young team and you're trying to navigate through this whole COVID thing with all the restrictions and, and still being able to do what you guys do. You, you know, you lose um, a key piece of your team, uh, you know, who, who ends up, you know, making a decision to go to a, a prep school in Indiana. How did those things all come into play to help you be successful this past season? Uh, man, Kurt, you're going to get me rolling here. So if, if you need to interrupt me, go ahead. Now, now before like, you, now before you start, is it, you teach a leadership class at the school? Is that correct? I do. Yeah. And that, classes I, I mean in reality that class is just what we've taught our basketball guys for yeah. about eight or nine years we do the stuff and we we started it at centerville with like we did like a team captains things for all the different sports teams and then our principal asked me if i would just create a class that could be like a an elective and so we did one of those and now we've got a second level of it so we've got foundational leadership where it's about leading yourself and then we got transformational leadership which is about leading others so we try to get them to take leadership 101 first because I'm like, you shouldn't be leading anybody else until you can lead yourself. Like, let's figure you out first. Right. But um, it's, it's awesome. Like, cause you just teaching those, you feel like you really feel like you're impacting lives rather than right. solving a quadratic equation. You know what I mean? It's just like, you're making a difference in every aspect of their life. I would assume this is probably a wild, wildly popular course for, for a lot of kids. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's full every year. Yeah, they they sign up pretty quick and they love it. And it's, it's been really cool for me because I've been able to connect with a whole, I mean, with just a, a student that's not yeah. involved in any extracurriculars. Girl athletes, are, I mean, the the female athletes love it, and just because I think it get you know the leadership stuff takes on that soft skill type mentality. Like I think people, a lot of people refer to that, and I think it's why a lot of like in the past and it's still it's still pretty prevalent but i think a lot of male coaches push it off as like ah that's we that's too you know wishy-washy or whatever and it's the i mean 
it's the juice, man. It's the, it's where it's at. In my opinion, it's, I know it drives our program, um, all the way through. So I would assume you probably learned a lot yourself through doing this course. Well, that's the cool part. I'm, I'm doing some stuff outside now. Like I just talked to a top select group, which is, um, uh, which is a college um, upcoming ADs and assistant coaches. I talked to them about their core values and all this stuff. And I've worked with, I don't know, probably 15 different college coaches or business owners and stuff about identifying core values. And I, I understand it way better than I used to, but it's because I just like every day I get to throw stuff at the wall. Like I get to try stuff. I get to hear new things. I get, I'm, I'm kind of in the lab in that yeah. you know, in that sense of always testing things so it's it's really cool that's that so um yeah back to you know the the covid deal and just you know trying to navigate losing you know a uh, a top player and your program is built to i mean what not one guy is is bigger than the program but um and, and everybody has to make a decision you know that that they think is best but what what was the the how did those core values help you know navigate you through um just to even get you to the season yeah so i mean our core values are tough passionate unified and thankful and i think like you said a lot of people have that stuff on their wall um the thing that i think separates the people that are intentional about living their core values and the people that just say they have core values are the behaviors that are tied to them. So uh, for me, I know culture is like this big buzzword. For, yeah. for me, culture is our actions. That's it. It's, it's what we do. Like you can talk about your culture all you want. Your culture is what your people do. Now, how they come into work, how they come to practice, how they practice, how they ride the bus, how they get off the bus, how they treat the janitor, how they, it's, it's their actions over and over. So the behaviors are the way we live out our culture and our core values. So for us, tough is positive body language. Um, now tough can mean something to something different to anybody else. That's fine for us in our program. And for me personally, tough is positive body language. So we talk about COVID and we talk about the different things that have happened throughout the year. We just refuse to allow them to be excuses or to, to even even acknowledge them most of the time. Like, it's just what it is. Like, to respond any other way would be negative body language, which is is not, it's not only like not pleasant, people don't like it, it's against our values. But we don't, we're not doing that, right? And so if we, you know, we got shut down for two weeks and we got, we come right back and we play Woodward with one day of practice. It's what it is. Let's go. Like, right? It's, it's positive body language. And our, our belief and our mentality around tough is fight ready. So no matter what we're doing, we're walking into a skull session, a meeting before practice, it's fight ready. How are we attacking that meeting? Got a test, fight ready, right? You don't just, you don't walk into a fight without looking at it, without preparing for a fight. So you don't walk into a test without preparing for a test. So, um, so that's, that's our tough piece. And it came up over and over and over. I mean, all the different times in our season, um, that we referred to the toughest team wins like the tough it doesn't matter none of it matters the toughest team is going to win and we are not talking about I mean, physical toughness is a piece of it but it is it is mental like 90 percent is mental and so you know i think about the molar game i mean tough man our kids were so tough down the stretch of that game we run motion for 45 seconds right down two or down one or whatever it was down one and and move it move it move it move it move it and get a good shot for tom right the possession before that we miss a three trey johnson rips a rebound down from one of moeller's guys swings it swings it the three for gabe he's zero for five from three during that game and bangs one right like just man just like just over and over our guys show like that resilience in the state finals, like we're up, we get down seven in the third, right? I turn it at the end of the game, give them a possession to win it. It was just always, it just kept coming up. And so I'm just grateful that we had that, that 
home base to go to and to refer to because I think it makes it so much more powerful for your kids. Um, our second core value is passionate. Choose extra work. And so I know at the state tournament, um, they did a like they do a story on each team there, and ours was about our breakfast club, which you know I think is funny because um, when I first got here, we had one guy for breakfast club for about two years, uh, and now we've got. You know, like this morning we had 26 kids uh, for breakfast club. And so it's just, it's just completely different. Um, but it all started with that one kid, that one kid, Joey Weingartner, staying faithful, coming every day, every day, every day. And now, oh, Joey's getting better. But it's, it's, it didn't, it didn't happen immediately. Like it took time. And so that's our chop, chop mentality stuff that we talk about. It's like when we say chop, chop, everybody asks what we're doing. Like, you ever chop down a tree, you get nothing after four or five swings. You got nothing. You're probably 300 swings still in. Like, yeah. So it's that persistence that gets you. And so staying faithful to the work, staying faithful to um, how you're going to practice, like preparing for games, um, executing defensively, blocking out every single time, sprinting the floor every single time. So those are choosing, I mean, that's choosing extra work for us. We talk a lot about it with our breakfast club, but um, the, the belief around choosing extra work is stealing inches. Like we're always looking for an opportunity to steal some inches. Like, can you sprint this time? Like you're tired. Can you sprint one more time? You know, can, you know, will you communicate every possession? What are you doing on dead balls? How are you talking? How are you helping us on dead balls? Like when other people are stopped and relaxing, it's, what are you doing to help us? You know, in practice, it's sprinting from drill to drill. Um, you know, so those beliefs and those core values and those behaviors, like they have to live in your practice. Um, and you know, that, that came up in the, in the tournament stuff too, just in terms of like, you know, as we're going through the tournament, just preparing and, you know, our guys, our guys do the personnel reports for our players. So we had, we had two seniors, on our gold squad, Max Knauer and Reese Clark um, hardly ever played for us. Incredible culture kids. They were the ones that reported the personnel lineup, like what these, what our opponents would do before games. Like they shared it with the guys. I mean, I obviously knew it and watched. Our other guys had watched, but you know, Max would be like, Chacon wants to get to his right and get to the rim or bounce for a three, like. This kid going to his left, he wants a pull-up going to his right. He wants to get to the rim. He's a two-gap. He's a three-gap. That's all. It was all coming from one of our players that didn't, that never got to play. That kid, Those two kids were never getting in the game. And, I mean, talking about choosing extra work, serving your teammates. I mean, I thought that I think it's just powerful stuff for your guys. Um, our, our next one is unified, which is speak and act with urgency. Um, and so – for, for urgency, it, it's it's more about holding each other accountable. I think one of the most selfish things you can do in life or in um, in basketball is keep your mouth shut when somebody's doing something that's going to hurt the team. You know, it's um, I think it's Martin Luther King quote. It's like you know what we are quiet and we we ignore and we don't speak up against is you know just as damaging to us as the things that we do. So I think just just being willing to address something and call stuff out is a huge attribute of our guys like that. I, I think we have to teach that it takes time to develop the trust to do that. Um, but, you know, I think Gabe's a good example of it. I mean, Gabe's recruitment, a lot of his recruitment isn't about the basketball stuff. It's about his leadership stuff and his running a team stuff, which a lot of it goes to like, just, just getting guys, trying to get guys to do stuff right, and reminding them, and constantly talking to them, and trying to, trying to lead them. Um, so, our uh, our belief with that is don't flinch. So, no matter what, we're coming at you like we're not. You know, we go. You know, we against Moeller, we go down. They they score. Or we come right back. We're coming back and we're playing. We're not. We're not calling a timeout. We're not moping. We're not shaking our heads coming to the bench like. We're coming right back. Somebody gets a dunk on you, you inbound the ball, and we're sprinting. We're we're right back at you. Just the, you know how you handle adversity, I think, is a huge um, indicator of how you're going to be successful in life. And then our last one is be thankful. That is showing love is our core value or is our behavior and our belief around that is touches. So one of the things we track 
um, in practice and um, in games is our guys touches like they they're required after a turnover or a foul they're required to give the guy that got the foul or committed the turnover if it's a dead ball turnover they're required to give them five try to help move them past that and back get them back present um but we also watch the bench obviously we in practice we we chart uh we chart received fives and um you know and given fives because you'll give them guys that are mad and they'll I mean, they're not going to be a big enough jerk to just not give you five, but they will <laughs> never seek anybody out to try to lift anybody up. Yeah. So uh, we, we try to differentiate between those two things. And, you know, I caught some flack on that with COVID. I just said, I can't, we can't, that's that we're doing. We'll, we'll use hand sanitizer between every play if we have to, but like that's a non-negotiable <laughs> in our program. So th- those are our values. And I, they just, they come up all the time and we've tried to, you know, embed them in our practice. So in our games, so we'll refer to things like if a guy doesn't sprint back on defense, like that's not a, that's not a lazy thing for us. Like that's a selfish thing or that's a violation of being unified. Right. And so we try to say it like that and use that terminology all the time. So then they're connecting, like, you know, not cutting hard off a screen, right. Like that's not unified. It's selfish because you're not opening up just because you're not going to get the ball. Now you're not going to cut hard, which would open things up for somebody else. And so I think using that different terminology helps guys connect it to what it really is, uh, or at least how we like to, we like to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, you said a lot of amazing stuff here, but a couple of things that, that jumped out at me, uh, when you were talking about passion, being passionate and, um, you know, the breakfast club started with one guy and, you know, today there's or 20, up to 26 guys now. And one thing that, that society sets people up for, and this is something that you really have to be intentional about because everything is supposed to be easy. Everything is supposed to happen fast and, and quick. And if it doesn't, then it's not worth it. Let's go jump to something else. And if it's worth, if it's going to be something lasting and worthy, worthy, it's going to take time. And, you know, it would have been easy to go, ah, this isn't going to work. Only one guy's showing up, but you keep coming back. You keep coming back. You keep coming back. And eventually, um, now you, you see 26 guys there, but I think, you know, you, you touched on something that I see all too much of now is, a lot of young guys that are getting, and this just doesn't go for coaching business, but, you know, teaching, whatever. A lot of young guys jump in. They want instant success. They want to go grab great players and win at all costs as soon as they can. And if it doesn't work, boom, they're jumping onto something else. And, you know, the way that you are approaching it is that it's going to take time, um, you know, no matter what. I mean, it would have been very easy just to go, hey, we can't beat Moeller. You know, we just can't beat Mueller. Um, but you just kept coming back. You kept coming back, and eventually you were able to overtake them. But, you know, I really, really liked what you said about that. And then you were talking about Gabe. And, you know, early on I saw Gabe. I He was really young at one of the Buckeye prep events. And if I wouldn't have known that Gabe was your son, first of all, I'd have thought he was from Indiana. Um, he just reminds me of a kid – uh, you know, like a, a Damon Bailey or somebody like that that grew up in Indiana in the 80s. Um, and it is. Uh, how, I don't know, you know, how, do you, how does he, a young kid like that, how do you develop those, those leadership skills that he has and just that presence on the court that you, you can't put that in a stat line? Um, it's just he always seems like he's in control of things you talk about 0 for 5 in Moeller game, um, and he didn't even flinch. Um, you know, he just kept doing things that he could do to help you guys win that game. He could have he could have pouted and, you know, threw his head down and all that. How, how does a young guy like that, you know, because there's a lot of kids that could learn from him. How, how do you develop that in a kid that young? Yeah, I mean, that's a – I guess the first part of your question of the, of the thing, like the, I think that when we had one, you know, to 26, I think it's really hard for young coaches. I get that question a lot. Um, I just say like, 
it takes what it takes. I, you know, that's some Nick Saban stuff, but like, we do not shy away from hard. And I'm very fortunate to be in a district that allows me to do that. Like we do a lot of stuff and it's hard. And, you know, every once in a while I'll get a call with a kid that they might be moving in or something. And they're like, I want to play basketball. And I like my, my conversation is, okay, if you're, if you're going to play basketball here, if you love it, you'll love being here. If you just kind of like to play basketball, you're going to hate it. Like, that's just not, it's not, you're not going to enjoy this process that we're going through. And I've just been very lucky that I've had administration that's allowed me to coach it the way I want. And, you know, to be honest, there's been some really good players that have stopped playing and have just chosen to do something else. But the guys that we have, they're in. And so those are the guys that I'm, I'm good losing with those guys. Um, but it's that persistence. I, there was like a big uptick in people talking about breakfast clubs after we were done. And our guys were like, a couple of our guys were like, man, coach, everybody's going to be doing breakfast clubs now. I was like, yeah, I mean, maybe, but it's not, it's not what you do. It's how you do it. And there's people that are starting breakfast clubs right now. We're stacking nine years of breakfast clubs. Like we're stacking that stuff up for nine years. Like our guys, like, you know, how many years Gabe's been in breakfast club. Like that's, you know, or Tom or rich, like these guys have been in breakfast clubs for years now. So like, all right, we're going to, we're going to stay, we're going to stay on it. Um, you know, the stuff with Gabe, um, I appreciate that. By the way, we do get the the Indiana looks like an Indiana kid. Um, we get that sometimes, and uh, you know, I he he had a little bit of a problem early on in the recruitment stuff when a lot of guys were getting recruited and getting offers like earlier this year, and he wasn't getting any. Um, and you know, we we talked about it just because he said it was a concern. It wasn't a concern for me. I, I, again, it, it's never been about trying to get a trying to get a scholarship. It's just trying to improve and be the best version you can of yourself. And so, um, I think one of the things that gets them in the way of kids more than anything is comparison with other people yeah. and like success. So, um, it's just one of the things we did early on with Gabe, and you know. Gabe is way farther along in this process because of his time with chips. He, he actually went through this when he was in seventh grade um, instead of as a freshman or sophomore in college be, or in high school, because in seventh, eighth grade, there was so much talk around the blue chips. He got a bunch of hate and a bunch of stuff that was ch- really challenging for him because he felt like since he was on the blue chips, anytime he played, he had to be the best guy. Because he played with Brownie, so he had any time he played, he had if he, he didn't score, 20, he was he was you know devastated. If he if he had two turnovers, he, he was devastated, you know. And so he really fought that early on. And one of the things we did with Gabe is he, exactly what you know we teach in our leadership class. Like I had him had him figure out his core values and a purpose statement. And so uh, his core values, I'm going to forget them now that. He's joyful, creative, devoted, and selfless. So those are the four core values he came up with. We, we talked about him. We had him brainstorm. What, who do you want to be? Who do you admire and why? And what, you know, what attributes do people have that you really like? And so uh, we did that. And that, like he wears wrist tape. And that was one of the first things we did. We just, I just had him write those on his wrist. Just like as a reminder of what he's playing for and what he's judging himself on. And then after the games, the conversation, uh, I wasn't perfect at this. Sometimes I'd be like, dude, you got to guard somebody or, you know, I would go straight basketball coach mode. But for the most part, I tried to just say, okay, were you selfless? Were you devoted? You know, were you full? I, I tried to just go through his core values and help him to understand like his evaluation of himself needed to be internal, not external. It needed to be not that he score more than this guy or that guy. Uh, but like, can you live with yourself? Are you, are you happy with who you were and how you competed? You know, and that's, that's where you need to decide what's what. And so what I think that does for kids is I think it frees them of having to perform, feeling like they have to perform um, every time, right? They don't have to get 20. They, they have to live to their values and be who they are. And when they do that, now I think when you remove that fear of failing or not performing at a certain level, now you've got something dangerous because now like 
now it's like there's there's nothing like I might have 27, I might have 30, I might have six. But now it's just it's me being me. And, you know, Gabe's been able to kind of release himself of that stuff. I, it's still I mean, I'm it still is there. It's that's not, not something in society today that's ever going away. But I think now Gabe's focus is entire like it's all about his team winning. And that's kind of how it's been interesting. Like his recruiting has kind of gone that route. Like the coaches that have talked to me just, or talked to him, it's more about like, you just win. Like you find ways for your team to win. You help other guys win. And I think that's kind of reinforced the message we've been sending him. Um, But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, it's hard. There's it's, it's hard. Like it's tough in society, the way, I mean, you look at the highlights, you look at ESPN, you know, all that stuff glorifies, it glorifies bad shots. It glorifies athleticism, it glorifies a bunch of things that we're saying that doesn't, that's not important. Um, so you know, I think the persistence with that is, is, is a big deal too. Does he have a, a particular player that he tries to, you know, just, I'm sure he takes stuff from a lot of guys, but is there somebody that he he studies their game quite a bit? You know, he goes through spells where I mean, he watches guys on YouTube all the time. Like, and that, and it's I used to get on him about being on there, and I'd look, and he's he's watching like Steve Nash, like he's watching like all these Steve Nash clips and plays yeah. and stuff, and he'll tell me after he's like that that you know that throwback that was like that was nash like and i'm like all right you know like a lot of that stuff he <laughs> he loves looking up all that stuff and trying to but he kind of cycles through different guys like he'll you know nash was a big one for a while um he watched Kawhi a lot uh early on just defensively on how he stayed you know he kept his you know space with guys um it just kind of he loves kobe's mindset um you know he, he's watched everything on jordan uh, he's a little bit old school though. He'll go back and watch, you know, um, Jason Williams, like, like old, old school guys and magic and you know, those guys. So it's cool. Like, I think he, he enjoys it and he likes to learn from it. So, uh, you know, that part of it's really neat. So he, you know, he's, uh, obviously one of the key pieces to, to you guys, um, winning it all, uh, this year in a very bizarre year, um, and you, and a cool thing was, you know, you guys finished 26 and three, uh, you ended the year on a 16 game winning streak, but the cool thing was you got to do it at Dayton. Um, even though, you know, the fan, the, the, it was limited, um, as far as, uh, people being let in to UD arena, it was still, um, especially when you guys played, um, you know, mentor and, and Westerville central, you know, two fantastic teams. Uh, you know, it was, it was still, it was still a pretty, pretty cool scene, uh, regardless. I mean, obviously it would have been unbelievable to have a, a packed house there with you guys winning it in your own backyard, but was, you know, was it what you thought it was going to be? Um, you know, when that clock, cause <laughs> the game against central, it, it went all the way. Uh, there was no you know, early celebration. Uh, was it what you thought it was going to be when the clock hit zero? Um, I guess I, I never really thought about what it would be. Um, I think it was, it was definitely, um, I think most coaches would tell you this. It's, it's really cool to see your kids pour so much into like the group and, and kind of release their personal achievements for the team. Uh, that was, that was cool. That was cool. Um, I don't know that. I mean, I, I don't know that it has to be a state championship, you know, to, to experience that. Um, but for it to be a state championship and experience that was, was pretty awesome. Um, you know, and, you know, I thought that game, that championship game, I thought it was, the resilience our kids showed in that game, I thought was, was really what we try to, what we try to make the kind of the hallmark of our program, just the relentless toughness part of it. Um, you know, we turn it, now we got to get a defensive stop. And when our guys came to the, came to the huddle, like our, the, the goal each year before our season starts, we go out and we set a goal, um, on a retreat. We also chop down a tree as part of our retreat, but, um, 
our goal was to attack every um, to attack every opportunity with purpose. So you know that was that group's goal, and so they had done a great job of that throughout the season. We didn't have you know we, we didn't have like a Tuesday night letdown. We did like we we kind of we had a couple early in the year, but after that, those guys were locked in, and every opportunity, every practice, they were coming. And so oh, that's all we said in the huddle. We didn't. We said switch everything. Um, active on the ball, attack the opportunity. And so we sent them back out and, you know, got to stop or kid miss a shot, I guess, depending on which side of the ball you're on. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was cool. You know, the, being at UD was, was neat for me. And I had always been, I mean, been at UD a lot of times watching those, that district game, you know, those Saturday district games and things like that. And just, I mean, it was really, as that tournament went on, you know, the fans grew more and more. So yeah. that was the first time those kids had really played in front of good crowds. And so, um, you know, it was neat to have all those people there and have a student section. That was, that was pretty exciting. And it was, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys, I mean, you look at some of the early losses, you know, you lose uh, at Moeller, you lose uh, a one point game uh, at Miamisburg, which you were able to avenge that loss. Um, obviously avenged the Mueller loss. And, and then you lose the Division II state champs, uh, St. Saint Vincent St. Mary's, who was a, a whale of a team. Um, but to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I feel like things really started to take a turn um, on February 12th and 13th. You win at Wayne, and then you go on the road the very next night and get a win at a place that not many people get a win at. You travel up to St. Ed's, and you beat St. Ed's up at St. Ed's. I feel like that that back-to-back there was kind of a turning point of um, not that your season was, you know, going south, but I, I just feel like that was the point where you guys started to to put it together. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I thought the I thought the Miamisburg loss was was a catalyst in getting us to look at ourselves and begin really really committing to doing things right all the time understanding that everybody can beat you i mean what we tell our guys is like we're not very good when we're doing our own thing like none of us are not like our personnel is not good at that um but when we're together and we're doing stuff the right way and our way we're pretty good and we feel like we can compete with everybody like it doesn't matter who you are we can compete with you um and so i thought that started to kind of kind of form that mentality started to kind of form after that Miamisburg uh, game the and then we lost to St. V's after that and that was just a great game I mean there was a it was they were really good we were right in the game turned a couple times in the fourth and they just beat us I mean it was, but I thought it was two really good teams playing um and then the the weekend where we we won at Wayne and then at St. Ed's um you know, going into the season, some of my coaches were like, dude, why would you schedule Ed's at Ed's right after we play at Wayne? I'm like, you know, why not? Like, let's go. Fight ready, right? Um, so I was, our guys went up to Ed's and were just locked in. And the, the Wayne game was a grinder. Like it was, which, you know, we figured it would be with those guys. Um, and I think we hit it. I think we hit a shot. Gabe might. I think Gabe hit a shot like under a minute to give us the lead to kind of win it. Um, but it was it was close. And then to turn right back around, we went up there. We, I mean, our guys jumped right in. We were ready to go. I mean, that that what that told me was, uh, we got a chance. Like this group, this group's better than I thought they were. They, I, not, I thought that kind of developed as the season went on. I was like, I don't know how good we can be this year. When we when we did that, I was like, okay, we. We got a shot because that game went back and forth too. And, you know, they're not just laying down ever, no matter where they are, but at their place. Um, you know, I thought our guys played exceptionally well. And it just kind of, you could, you know, I, I had the team at Graham in 08 that went to the final four and you could feel that momentum building with that team. And I, I really thought we were, we were as good as any of the teams in the final four. We missed, we missed some good shots in the, in the final four game, but we were right there. Um, and you could feel that same thing with this group. Like the following year, Graham, when we had all those guys back, we were undefeated all year. We got to the tournament, though, 
it was not the same feeling. Like it, we, we just weren't trending up. It's, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. You can just kind of feel it. But with this group, as we're moving through the tournament, you know, like Mason or Beaver Creek in the sectional final, then Mason in the, in the district final, like we're, we're playing really, really well in those games. And we go to, we go to elder and we get down in the first half, we struggle. And then we just, we just like fight. Like it was just like gritty, just stop. We got a 10 second call, like in a man press, just, just a 10 second call, just guarding them. And you could just kind of feel us like not being willing to lose. And uh, I thought that that just kind of momentum just kind of kept rolling for us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was like a who's who of, of Southwest Ohio. You know, you're, you're beating Mason or, or, you know, you beat Beaver Creek, you beat Mason, you beat Elder, you beat Moeller, uh, you know, and then you, you beat uh, Mentor, uh, who, who's been a, a powerhouse in Northeast Ohio, um, who was, I believe, undefeated. Uh, and then Westerville Central, who was a really, really tough senior-led team with, with great, tough, gritty guards but you know when you look at your team you have like the 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 perfect ingredients we talked about gabe but you have like you know tom house is to me he's like that guy he's got like some swag he's he's uh he's uh, like a big shot taker like he's that guy that has no memory of the last shot that he just shot off the side of the backboard um and then you look at rich rolf who is just that like ultimate X factor guy. He's got fantastic hands. He's a great rebounder. Uh, he's a guy at the end of the game. You're like, wow, he's got 14 points and 12 rebounds. And then Dang, who who you don't hear much about, but a great on the ball defender. Um, you know, Trey Johnson was a big, some big rebounds, some big plays, holding position down there. Just a perfect mix of guys that that you need to have a championship basketball team and. You know, four of those guys I mentioned, uh, unfortunately for a lot of people, are coming back. <laughs> so, um, am I am I right on that? On 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 some of the analysis on that guy, like like Tom House. I mean, you know, he's that guy. Like as a coach, sometimes you're like, you know, what, what are you doing? And then in a big moment, like the Moeller game, bam, he he knocks that shot down. Yeah, yeah, no. Tom, the, the thing that people miss on Tom is how much energy he brings to the team. I mean, I know like his skill set is good. He shoots the ball really well and he stretches deep and all that stuff. That stuff's all really important. But when you're talking about like a daily contribution to a team, Tom brings positive energy over and over and over. And, and you know, like it's taken him some time to get there to where he's bringing energy, even if he's missing shots, because that's a that's hard, man. That's hard for kids to do. Um, but man, he, like, that's what I think he contributes. And he's one of those guys, you know, you asked me early on when we lost to Moeller, the things that, the things that we learned about ourselves, that's one of the things we learned. Tom, Tom is not scared of the moment. Um, Gabe and Rich, those guys, they're not scared of the moment. They're, they're like, they're going to come and they're going to play. And, you know, I think Kebble was another one. Um, but you know, losing him, we still had, we still had guys that, like we're, we're in, it didn't matter who we were playing. Like to those guys, molars, just molar. It's not like they're, they're another team. And that's how you have to look at matchups and games like that. When you start getting, you know, enamored with an opponent, then that's when they kind of get your number. Those guys, those guys don't have that. It doesn't matter who it, who it's against. And so, um, you know, I, you're spot on. I mean, we do have a, a that's why we were so successful. I mean, it's not me. It's because we got we got a really good guy that can shoot it and brings energy. He's six five. We got a six seven guy that's that can put it on the floor and shot thirty seven percent from three and averaged ten and a half rebounds a game. And you know, we had a six seven senior that just did his job without any complaint. Rebounded, screened, ran the floor. We had Emmanuel who would sit down and you know just felt like he could guard anybody um, and just bought into that. Didn't didn't worry about shooting jumpers, didn't worry about scoring, just lock people up. Um, you know, one of the comments I made to our guys after the season was like, you know, you watch teams as they go through the year, and as the tournament gets deeper and deeper, you, you'll watch a game and somebody will take a shot and you'll be like, I don't, I don't know why he shot that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. We never had that. 
Like our, our guys that were like, I don't know why he shot that. They didn't shoot it. Dude, they passed it. They screened, they rebounded. Like they, they didn't shoot it. And that's, that is not me. That's the unselfishness of our guys and understanding and trying to do what is best for the group and not what would get them on highlights or in the paper or whatever you want to say. Yeah, I always say, you know, especially at the, the high level, like Division One, you know, when you're talking about elite teams, it's such a, such a grind. The further you go in the tournament, like, you know, you look at your your elder, your molar, and, you know, mentor game, you guys had a, a little bit of a gap, uh, you know, most of the night there, but the Westerville Central game, it's like every possession. I mean, execution, defensively and offensively, it's like every possession matters um and you you know you can say that for every game but you know when, when the stakes are that high i mean that that's that's intense you know that's that's a lot of intensity and, and pressure um to be playing under and, and you know you guys are prepared for that and that's just what's always amazed me about the tournament especially the further you go uh in division one it's going to be a lot of those one two possession games yeah, I agree. And I think one of the challenges is as you go through the year, you've got to prepare like that. You know, getting your kids to understand that a Tuesday night game in, you know, December, that possession matters in March. Like you've got to be able to play that way and approach the game that way. And uh, if you wait till March to try to like, okay, now everything matters. You're, I mean, you're a dead skunk in the road, man. You don't have a chance. <laughs> well, let's, let's, uh, I want to end with this. You know, you guys, um, and I know this isn't the approach uh, that you're going to have, but, you know, you look at uh, you're coming back into the 2021-22 season, which is very strange to say. It doesn't seem like we should be in that, in that year. But, um, you know, you're, you're, you're looking to, to do something that not a lot of people have been able to do. You know, you're elder in 73-74, McKinley, 05-06, and then Moeller recently in 18-19, um, you know, they didn't get a shot in 20, but, uh, you know, and that, that's to, to try to figure out a way to, to get back and, and win it, um, uh, again, back to back in division one, which is, as I just mentioned, is, is really tough to do. And I know that that's not the, the goal, the way that your program is set up, but, um, you know, just talk about the, some of the, the pieces um, that you have coming back, it's it's a lot of the same names, but there there is a, a, a new addition to the team as well. Yeah, uh, I mean you're right. That's I mean we will we will not talk about it from that perspective. Like the I mean we've obviously had June together, and we you know we've we've been we've been uh, you know, going at it in June. We're you know with all of our normal stuff, what a lot of people are doing, but we were able to go out to Philly for a live session. Um, in June and we went down to Atlanta uh, played some great great teams in those uh, those settings so you know we're already already kind of getting into trying to just challenge ourselves and see who we are as a group and what we need to do um, but our approach is kind of going to be just do us like do what we do um, we're going to try to be the best version of ourselves at the end of the year and if that's good enough then it's good enough and if it's not we're going to have to be okay with that um, we are smart enough to know that in Southwest Ohio, nothing is guaranteed. Like, I mean, the ball's got to bounce your way. Things have to go, things have to go right for you to win it and for you to get out of Southwest Ohio. And so um, and we're just going to try to put ourselves in the best position that we can. Um, we do return, we return a bunch of guys. Um, you know, obviously um, we got, we got a, uh, rich and tom back um guys that'll be major contributors tr contributors that are in that um going to be senior class um ryan Kiefer, who came comes off the bench for six four like forward kid at rebounds and just plays plays really hard just an incredible culture and role kid quinn hafner uh quinn hit a three hit the go-ahead three i think in the state finals off a little pick and pop action right in front of our bench um he's back um, great shooter, great IQ, passes the ball really well, just really good in our system. Um, and then we got sophomores, um, you know, Gabe's back, Emmanuel's back, and Kyle Kenny, who kind of was our point guard backup and played some, but he'll he'll play some more this year. Really athletic, great baseball player. He's a 
football or basketball, baseball kid, and um, really gives us another just high level defender and uh, an athlete just to kind of disrupt stuff. Um, so we're excited about the group we have back. Um, we do have Mike Sheriff Jantz, who Mike went to um, Xenia Christian, or I think it was Legacy actually at the time. Legacy, his freshman year, went to Prolific Prep his sophomore year. And actually, when he was at when he was at Legacy Christian, he came to our open gyms and worked out with our guys a lot. Um, but then he uh, he went to Leg or Prolific Prep his sophomore year. Last year, he he had to go back to Mongolia for um, for COVID, and he just he enrolled about three weeks ago. Well, I guess it was more than that now. In in June, he enrolled in Centerville. Um, he had he had contacted. Um, Gabe and said that he was coming back to Ohio, was coming to Centerville and um, all that stuff. So we know Mike, we actually like he he came over all like I said, a lot. He played in the fall league with some of our guys his freshman year. Um, but I mean, he's a six, eight guard. I mean, he's he's really, really good. Uh, he's a great kid. Um, I hadn't I hadn't talked to him until I, when he left. I, I kind of kept up with him a little bit when he was at um, Prolific his first like the first few months he was there. Um, I, kind of, I didn't know he was back in Mongolia for COVID. We we have another Mongolian family that Mike is friends with, Ermoon Mondok, who will be a senior for us. Played played JV last year. Um, tough little guard, uh, but they're they're really good friends. But um, but Mike, when Mike reached out, he said that his family is moving over here, um, so they've they've enrolled and and going through that whole process right now. But he's I mean he's good. He can play super high IQ. I mean. He just uh, he'll he'll fit right in with our guys and how we play. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of difference between Napa Valley, California, and uh, Centerville, Ohio. Um, <laughs> so pretty much the same. there won't there yeah. won't be much weather change difference. But right, um, right. Well, Coach, you know, I'll get you out of here with this. Um, what you know through this 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 whole process uh, of the you know, the last year, what do you think is the main thing that you have learned um, as a coach? Man, that's a good question, Kurt. Um, I think, I think what I would, I mean, I would say is that I think it's important to like to go for it. Um, I said I use that phrase a lot with our guys. Just and I think the same as in coaching. Like I'm really glad I didn't take the approach of like I don't know if we can win a state championship at Centerville. I, I'm I'm glad I didn't do that. I'm glad I I know I just you know if we're playing basketball in Ohio, then we're trying to win a state championship. Like that that's what we're doing. Like we're. Our, that's not our goal. Like our goal is to maximize our personnel and our people. But if we're running the race, run it to win, right? And so, um, I, I just I think that mentality I think helps you prepare differently, think about things differently, and I think it helps your kids dream. I think uh, I don't know. There's a lot of limiting factors out there right now that tell people what they can and can't do, and I think. Um, I think one of the most important motivating factors that gets lost in all this other science and everything is just kids dreaming and like hoping and wishing for stuff and then working towards it and trying and going for it and failing and going for it again. And like, you know, like we got beat by Moeller like four out of five years in the regionals. <laughs> Gabe was on the bench for every one of those, Yeah, you know? And so it's like, I think think back to that stuff and, um, you know, I think it's really important how the kids that you have around you, like the, you know, the, the, that mentality that you kind of help instill in them. And, you know, we had problems this year too. Like it wasn't like it was a problem for a year with our, you know, you got parents, you got kids that aren't happy with stuff and, um, you know, just find out what you believe in, stick to your values and, you know, encourage people to go for it. That's good. That's good. Now, now, you know, just to kind of let people know before we jumped on here um, to, you know, coming off a big trip to Birmingham, Gabe had mentioned to you that, 
he's going to King's Island today. So, um, you know, being still, still being a kid, uh, you know, winning state championships, being recruited by great schools and breakfast club, you know, taking that time to still be a kid, you know, just, just the same as, as any other kid. So I, I, I love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. He, he's, he does a really good job of prioritizing things. So he got up at, you know, we got back from Birmingham about midnight. He was up at six 30 to go to his breakfast club and work out going to King time. Like, you know, joyful is one of his core values. So you want to make sure that you're honoring that. Like he's not the same player when he's not being joyful and enjoying life and what he's doing. So, uh, I'm sure he'll probably get another one. <laughs> well, Coach, I really appreciate you jumping on here today. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll be talking uh, again this time next year. I hope so, Kurt. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the time and you thinking of me. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you.